0: Candy girl. and you got me. <laughs> oh, honey, honey.
1: You my candy girl. And you got me you. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Archie.
0: Knock knock, the door is locked. Ding dong, it's a doorbell song.
1: What's that from?
0: That's right. We are a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 73, <laughs> The Locked Room, by Aaron Allen, directed by Tessa Blake.
1: Good for them. Round of applause.
0: <laughs> so you liked this one. We're skipping ahead. I, I know. I,
1: I'm sure they always feel underappreciated.
0: Not by us. We always put the credits right at the top.
1: Do we congratulate them on their hard work?
0: You know, not often enough. <laughs> there we I go. I want to thank... Every single person who works on this show. I mean, we give so much credit to the actors because their work is so visible. hmm But uh, uh, absolutely do appreciate every single person, to- even the uncredited workers.
1: Today, I would like to give a shout out to the craft service people. Mm-hmm. Good job feeding everyone.
0: And apparently doing a, a lot of low carb from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. So how does this episode start, dear?
1: Uh, So this episode starts with Jughead in the sex hole. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we get his voiceover.
0: As he describes method acting.
1: All about how the weirdest thing about pretending to be dead is you start to feel dead. (laughs) Especially when you're in a sex hole underground that's kind of like a coffin
0: no no view of the sun time passes without any way to to really mark it he's put himself basically in solitary confinement yes he's mentally abusing himself
1: and and so basically this voiceover happens and we see all these clips of like him there to show like this two week passage of time mm-hmm. and he we find out that he had you know not one but two obituaries yes uh, one in the registrar and one in the blue and gold which was his favorite
0: I have no idea who wrote the one in the register. I'm surprised to find out that that paper still exists after Hal died yeah. the second time.
1: Well, I'm also like, Betty's not allowed to write the blue and gold. Exactly. But did you know, Mr. Honey like say, like, hey, I guess since it's your dead boyfriend, I think, we'll let this one pass.
0: I think Kevin did it. I, I think, think he liked Kevin's obituary. You know,
1: Kevin would be the, like, go-to obituary writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: He just has a, a sense for, for dramatic weight and purpose.
1: Kevin likes to spend time at the senior homes to get to know people before they croak.
0: Yeah, so, so he, he has can really, really write good about obituaries. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the high school <laughs> paper covering these people? They're
1: like, oh, yes, Susan. Yes, uh, hold on one second. I just need to make a note here. What, oh, it's for nothing, nothing.
0: Jeez, I thought they were called the silent generation. Nobody told Susan. Gosh. Talking my ear off over here. What? The silent generation are the people between the greatest generation and the the baby boomers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm saying that Susan is in her her, uh, older 70s to to young 80s and is very chatty.
1: Oh, okay. Which is
0: ironic because of the name Silent Generation. Oh. It was all laid out in a, I would say, actually rather descriptive joke. I I was afraid I was making it too obvious.
1: (laughs) See, I thought... You thought I was impersonating Susan when I really, I was doing Kevin. No, no, confused. it was
0: very clear what you were doing. And I would contend it was also very clear what <laughs> no, I was doing. No, it was I'm pretty sure it was. No. <laughs> anyway, they now. They agree with me. Now that I've thoroughly explained it twice, <laughs> I'm sure it's a hilarious bit.
1: So uh, we also find out that Jughead watched his wake. Mm-hmm. Why did you apologize to me during that scene?
0: I apologize to you because he watched uh, The Wake on, like, a-, a live stream from a hidden webcam. Uh-huh. Which means he wasn't watching it in disguise in a big fake rubber nose like you were hoping. That is why I apologized out of sympathy for your hopes being dashed.
1: Oh. Oh, I forgot my hopes. So That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> damn it! What? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Okay, all right. So, so far tonight, we're not very good at recognizing jokes in the present or remembering them from the past. I thought this was going to be a quick one because it's essentially a bottle episode. We get through the recap pretty quick. I'm not so sure anymore.
1: It's fine. I'm fine. We're good. Uh, but yeah, so Betty set up some hidden cameras, mm-hmm. and he watched on his laptop, we'll we're eat we're in a TV dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's good that someone thought to like put a microwave into the sex <laughs> hole, so that's good.
0: If you experience microwaves in your sex hole, please consult a doctor.
1: And his his voiceover, not that we needed confirmation, but confirms that the Stonies tried to murder him. He's yeah. like, yep. That's what happened. Also, like, touches on, you know, how Betty pretended she found comfort in Archie's arms, and it was the greatest misdirect of all.
0: And and then he goes into a bit of a diversion about how difficult it was to let all of his loved ones believe he was dead. Yes. But by the end, it seems all of them knew, so it couldn't have been that hard. They well, didn't have to pretend that long.
1: So, okay, so then what we find out is that Jelly Bean knew?
0: Jelly Bean knew this, immediately. Uh,
1: this makes me so happy. Yeah. Because I was so like, how has Jelly Bean not mentioned, oh, dad, I gave them fake blood? That was what was driving me crazy. And we go to, um, a flashback scene where Jelly Bean is like, oh, here's the blood that you wanted, Betty. Do you need it for Jughead? Mm-hmm. And Betty's like, what? <laughs> My brother, you don't need to tell me where he is, but I know something's up. Like, is he okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: and Betty comes clean to her. And that that makes me so happy.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Because that scene then didn't need to happen. Like, it's okay that it didn't happen with her either coming forward or questioning things. And it also, like... Kind of gives allows me to give them a pass on Jelly Bean not being like an emotional wreck during all of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Jelly Bean ain't no snitch.
1: And also the fact that no one called Gladys. Yeah. Because <laughs> FP and Jelly Bean both knew, mm-hmm. so they're like, she don't need to know.
0: By, by the time of the wake, yes. Uh, so the the first thing we we uh, catch up on basically this episode is going to rewind and come forward to the present. Twice. Yes. Once uh, in, in this opening bit, and then the meat of the episode is starting that process over. Again. Yeah. And, and as we get back to the future this time, we're, we're now going in order of everyone who found out about the ruse. Yes. And I like that they did it in order of trustworthiness. <laughs> yes. Jellybean is first.
1: Then FP. Then FP. And FP, like, collapses when he hears that Jughead's okay.
0: Mary, in that uh, awkward scene where where, uh, Archie closes the the curtains Mm -hmm. to hide from Betty.
1: And then, Hermosa,
0: who's (laughs) the first to, like, shove her nose in it.
1: And asks Veronica, did you help Betty kill her boyfriend? That's something secret girlfriends would do.
0: An intriguing theory, Hermosa. Darling, have you ever considered getting a third host? Maybe Hermosa would fit in with our vibe pretty well. Because... Because predicting that Betty and Veronica are secret lovers is kind of what we would do. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, I was trying, I thought maybe you thought I was going to kill you.
0: No. And she was like too good at
1: covering uh, it up.
0: (laughs) When I say third, I mean I would still be alive.
1: Well, they wouldn't know that because I wouldn't tell them I killed you. It'd be like, oh, he's on vacation (laughs) to Europe and he can't fly back.
0: We've got to figure out what words mean when we talk to each other, dear. I don't know what words mean.
1: Okay. I don't...
0: This is the most painful episode and we're four minutes in.
1: I'm having a great time. I don't know why you're in pain.
0: Don't talk to me about you're in pain. It's, it's, it's been a rough day.
1: Do you need to see a doctor?
0: <laughs> there, there are microwaves in my sex hole, yeah.
1: Like, like the little Amazon fishy. And then all that radiation inside. That's mm-hmm. no good.
0: Yeah. That's why it's a callback to a thing I said a few minutes ago. It is? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: I'm so, I really have no idea what's going on. I don't know what it's a callback to.
0: <laughs> when you talked about how Jughead has a microwave in the sex hole, I said, if you have microwaves in your sex <laughs> hole, please contact a doctor.
1: Oh, I missed
0: that. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> All right, I'm calling Mosa to be my <laughs> second host. Just her and me.
1: I'm sorry I'm disappointed here tonight. I'm just over here trying to do a recap, and I... Mm. <laughs> but, Apparently it's not good enough for someone.
0: But yes, f- finishing the uh, uh, list of co-conspirators, in order of trustworthiness, we have Alice, who just had to be told, and last, because she's awful.
1: I just gotta love though how Hermosa like throws around the fact like I'm a licensed private investigator. <laughs> yeah. You idiot sister. It's,
0: yeah. It's like Jughead's Time Police, where every issue they introduce her is January McAndrews, Archie's descendant from the 24th century. Yeah. Every single time. I'm a licensed private investigator. Yes.
1: Flashes of of, you know, Betty and Archie being Holding hands and stuff through school and mm-hmm, looks mm-hmm. happening. Jughead says, you know, well all that's going on out there. He's he's going through all the evidence. He's looking through everything. To, and it to, becomes not mm-hmm. a who done it, but a why done
0: it. Yes. And all of this, all of this to protect Betty from being framed for murder. But if you don't want her to get charged with murder, maybe you can just come out of the bunker at any time.
1: <laughs> come out and say, hey.
0: Not dead. No murder. Nobody did nothing.
1: There was attempted murder. I can tell you I, who did it. I
0: put, put them in a lineup. Eeny, meeny, miny, the four of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We then cut basically to Betty rushing down to the sex hole after getting the stuff on Donna yes. from Hermosa. She's like, it checked out. Charles and FP agree. He's showering as we speak.
0: Bum, bum, bum. And
1: Jughead's like, oh yeah, gonna do this. Put my beanie on. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Who Who is this? I don't know. I mean, I do now.
1: I know, I know now. I now know that I didn't miss a word.
0: Right. <laughs> at the time, it was disorienting. Yes. <laughs> who, uh, who's the dirty man? <laughs> There's a very dirty man.
1: So over at Stonewall... Dupont is starting class, talking about how they're gonna talk about *Crime and Punishment* and its take on morality.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they had time to read fucking Dostoevsky in a week. Then again, they have no other classes. They have nothing else to do. And they aren't exactly busy killing anybody else, so you know it works.
1: Uh, and that is when Jughead and Betty bust in, and he's like, "Hey guys, you miss me?" And they're all like, "What?"
0: They're very surprised. Yes. And so Jughead is just soaking in this this shock at his apparent resurrection, even though Donna's not that shocked. She always knew. Uh, And he uh, has Betty close the doors behind her, and as he swaggers the fuck around with his big brass ones... Uh, And it says that one bit of crime fiction he never talked about was the classic locked room mystery. Yes. Where you put all the the, uh, suspects in a room, throw away the key until you determine who really did it. And as we discussed last week, that's not what a locked room mystery means, but I'll let you have this one. You did recently die. You've earned it.
1: Yeah, and so the next spell isn't for 39 minutes. So for the next 39 minutes... Betty says, your asses belong to us.
0: And by the transitive property, there are other organs and tissues as well.
1: Just care about the asses. Okay.
0: I have seized your donkeys, your burros, your mules, all your beasts of burden.
1: Betty also collects everyone's cell phone so they can't, like, call for help in case they murder them. Or
0: share spoilers from this very important episode.
1: yes. Full on recap happens yeah. of how yo know, Moose and him were both invited. This is all the stuff that happened. Yeah, I don't the, even know how to like summarize this for you. We literally recap everything.
0: Yeah, the the whole middle section, a, at least half of the episode, uh, is just them stealing our jobs. Essentially, mm-hmm. I'm I'm offended. I'm disappointed more than anything. Uh, and they will be hearing from our legal representation. Yeah, this is infringement on our property.
1: So, I'm gonna try to pick out pick out some things I think instead of recapping everything we already know that happened
0: yeah the The first so, thing that jumps out to me is Betty and Jughead don't immediately notice Jonathan's not here, yeah, they, they bring it up later, but like for all they know, Jonathan could be on the outside like bringing the the Stonewall cavalry of some kind. I don't know yeah they they're not sweating it though.
1: <laughs> Jughead also uh, states that all of this is a story about grandfathers and grandchildren,
0: and I was so excited. Yes, you were. I counted that as a premature. I counted that as a preliminary confirmation of my big prediction last week.
1: So one thing that comes out of this is a lot of stuff about Mister Chippings. Yes, that you know he we know he recruited Moose. Square one. Yes. Then it was for Moose to play football, and then he. Basically made Moose leave for the army.
0: He had to get rid of Moose in a hurry.
1: Chippings also recruited Jughead quickly as well. Chippings must have knew that Moose was going to, like, be murdered like one of the other Stonewall four. Yeah. So he must be involved in this
0: yeah their their theory that they're presenting is that moose was recruited to be this this sacrificial lamb guy with no uh close family troubled past isolated in hiding basically from everybody who who cared about him the the perfect victim you just it's like killing a drifter
1: mm-hmm DuPont tries to speak, and Jughead just yells at him to shut up, and it's yeah. great.
0: Jughead is not allowing anybody to interrupt his carefully prepared script. Yeah, and he that's has what he's been
1: doing. He's been writing this out and memorizing it in the sex hole.
0: He sure hasn't been sleeping. There's so much jingle jangle left in, in a drawer there. He's been wired. Uh, but, but he also has a, a, a literary quote for every interruption. Oh, yeah. This time it's, I have the conch. <laughs>
1: Yes. Like, as they say in this book. What book? That one was Lord of the Flies. Yes, it was. <laughs> he did, like, two other ones.
0: He did the Twain quote on yeah. his entrance. Uh, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated.
1: Yes. Chippings knew he was going to get murdered. He tried to save Moose. hmm So then after Halloween, when the writing competition came up and all the stuff came out about, like, Jughead's grandfather.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mr. Dupont being such a nice friend and inquiring about the family. Yes. So, so Jughead is trying to draw parallels and histories and and you know tying the events of today to to the events of his his grandfather and Mr. Dupont's youth, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that Mr. Dupont uh, took some naughty daguerreotypes of Forsyth the in flagrante delicto. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You were just waiting for me to finish, weren't you? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I lost my place. Jughead talks about how, you know, found out you stole it. And then I told, like, Chippings. And then the next day, you know, he dived out a window. And I thought it was DuPont. But the real thing that gave it away was all of you and your blank expression.
0: We did talk about way back then just how completely... None
1: of them reacted.
0: Unimpressed they were to watch a man driven to suicide.
1: Yes. And so then they all bring up the affair... Or and how that like never happened, and it was the same story that Donna gave about uh, Mr. Cotter, mm-hmm. who does, never existed.
0: This episode is so much just like watching the the.
1: This episode's a great time to start watching the show for the first time.
0: Yeah, or just like put it on Netflix when it comes out and just like hit fast forward, thirty second skip. That's basically the experience of this episode. Yes.
1: So what they started thinking about was like. What would turn this contract into such a burden that it would drive a man like Mr. Chippings to commit suicide and become a man that he wasn't?
0: Or maybe some people just aren't cut out for teaching. You ever think about that? It's a really demanding career.
1: They came to the conclusion that the real challenge was not to write, but to, to commit a perfect murder. And Chippings was guilty about what he had done.
0: Yeah. Their now complete Mr. Chipping theory mm-hmm. is that uh, as a young man, in order to get the contract, he killed a fellow student, got away with it. Yes. But now that it's his turn to pass the baton and, and to select someone to die, uh, it, it's just twisting in his gut. That That's why he was hitting the bottle more. That's why he was erratic more. Uh, all the stuff his wife was worried about, and it led to his suicide.
1: Yes. And it's also, you know... The fact that he was going to have to kill Moose.
0: Mm-hmm. This um, guy he, he picked out by hand. Yes. Like, oh, gosh.
1: They, they also talk about how all of the four Stonewall four mm-hmm. that had disappeared previously disappeared around the time of a new ghostwriter coming in.
0: Yeah. Within the month, yes. every single time, each one completely unsolved the perfect murder. Mm-hmm. Does it count as the perfect murder if you just use your family connections to suppress the investigation? Because that would be my plan personally. Yeah. yeah. So now with the Baxter Brothers contract in hand and Moose AFK, uh Jughead is the one with the big contract, is, is the one with the big target on his back mm-hmm. for, for the other the true stonies to, to yeah. prove their metal.
1: And uh Jughead figured this out, uh, that it was all of them when DuPont said that they all had a crack at rewriting his book.
0: So therefore they were all Joining forces to murder him
1: Uh, And he's like And that's when you led me in the woods And you distracted Betty And Joan hit me with a rock And my beanie protected me (laughs) And Joan's like Well how do you know it was me Jonathan doesn't wear that perfume
0: Oh (laughs) Also Joan you really should have been Hitting the gym Joan you got to do your curls
1: And this is when they realize That Jonathan isn't there (laughs) And they say where is Jonathan or did you kill him too? <laughs> and this is when Donna very awkwardly says, "He has food poisoning and he still has it. He's not here." Yeah,
0: I mean at, at first she says it past tense, he had food poisoning. Yeah. If you're talking about he him in it, the past tense. Like, still. Still that's, has. That's admitting he's uh-huh. dead.
1: And then Jughead questions, you know, whose job was it to check my pulse? Because, like, y'all did this really bad. <laughs> and Joan yells out, Jonathan!
0: And then Donna just shoots her this evil look. It's so good. <laughs> we, we mentioned it, but I don't think we can emphasize enough how much fun Betty and Jughead are having. Oh my god, they're having As such they a great hold time. court. They're, they're-
1: like, even though this episode's a complete recap hmm They're having a great time.
0: They are, are pulling smugger faces than Brett ever did. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't know that was possible.
1: I also love how many times throughout this next part that Jughead references, like, if you guys just did a good job and made sure I was dead, you would have <laughs> yeah. gotten away with it.
0: <laughs> it's so much harder to kill somebody if they're not dead. He's right. He's absolutely right. The show is bulletproof.
1: Uh, so then we get, like, the flash back to when Archie and Veronica found Betty there. Mm-hmm. And Archie's, like, checking Jughead's pulse and is saying he's dead. But which has then, me going, wow, Archie's also bad at that.
0: But his pulse is undetectable because he needs to be resuscitated. Like, they, yes. they start doing CPR and that <laughs> barely wakes him up.
1: I like how Betty yells at Archie, start pounding on his chest. Not give CPR, do compressions, pound on him.
0: <laughs> and and also she gives orders to use the, the beanie to staunch the bleeding. Yes. This like rock-proof beanie is also a, a certified field dressing.
1: Yeah, they didn't teach me that in my first aid. <laughs> um, I didn't know yarn was that absorbent.
0: It depends, you know. Depends if, on the type. Is it wool, acrylic, cotton?
1: Sell you cotton.
0: Yeah, if if it's cellu cotton, it's We're very cotton. very absorbent. I yeah. learned this on a history podcast. Four times. I
1: like. Yeah,
0: they invented the blue liquid.
1: Uh, it works though, and Jughead wakes up a little bit, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta get to the hospital," and he says, "No, no hospital," and they go with that. <laughs> kind of what Betty does. Is call Charles, Mm -hmm. who meets them
0: on the road. In an old-timey, like, rickety-ass antique ambulance. It's
1: an FBI med van.
0: Yeah, from the 1940s.
1: And I'm like... So they do take him somewhere. (laughs) He kind of goes to the hospital.
0: There's not enough room in the back for there to be a doctor with him. He has to be going somewhere. Did
1: they just, like, transport him to the sex hole?
0: I think so. And just, like,
1: let him lay there unconscious for 36 hours? They just
0: stuck a Himalayan salt lamp next to him and and thought positive healing thoughts.
1: Donna brings up the fact of, like, well, why didn't you want them to take you to the hospital? I'm like, that's a great question.
0: And and Jughead says he honestly doesn't know, but I guess even his subconscious was already planning this ridiculous, lovely plan.
1: And so Charles is the one that tells them to go back and clean the scene and get rid of the clothes and get rid of the rock and everything. And I'm just like, what? And I'm very confused through all of this. Mm -hmm. But then Betty finally does say this is all because she didn't know if she actually did it. Yeah. They acknowledge that. And I'm like, okay, if that's really like, what? Okay, this is all about protecting Betty. Yes. And it's like, oh, that's fine.
0: She didn't know if she did it. And she didn't know if uh, Jughead would survive or not. Yes. I mean, she knows everything about murder. She knows very little about concussions. Yes. This is what I learned tonight. Yeah.
1: So they're uh, standing over the fire, mostly naked. Uh, Veronica's like...
0: It's the third time we've seen this yeah. scene.
1: Except we get more dialogue. Th-
0: this is the most extended version.
1: Yes. Uh, there's a lot more of, like, Veronica freaking out and Archie being, like, frozen.
0: Because, yeah, now now we get the lead-in where Veronica's asking, what if he doesn't make it? Yeah. What and, and Betty's shutting her down, like, he's gonna make it. He's It's gonna work.
1: Yep. And they're like, but if he doesn't, you know, we we burn everything, we'll go back to school, we'll graduate, we'll walk away, we won't talk about this, but he's going to make it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that little bit was from the first time we saw the scene way yeah. back in the season three finale, that yeah. that very frightening monologue about, like, never speaking to each other for the rest of our lives. Yeah. That's, like, the worst-case scenario if he doesn't wake up.
1: Yeah. So uh, then Brett's like, well, wait, we saw him at the morgue. Was the <laughs> coroner in on it? And uh, then... <laughs>
0: The coroner was in. On we it.
1: go way back, and then we get a little scene of Doctor Kurtle Jr. counting his cash as Jughead's applying, like you know, death makeup.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, doctor I told
1: you it was Doctor
0: Kurtle Jr. Doctor Kurtle Jr.'s price is six hundred bucks and three used gym socks. <laughs> I don't like it either, but it gets the job done.
1: Why three?
0: I don't know. I, I'm not going to ask him. I don't want that conversation. But but what I like about this is that up to around the midpoint of that episode, How to Get Away with Murder two weeks ago, mm-hmm. Betty doesn't know if Jughead's alive or not or or will be alive tomorrow or not. Yeah. I, I think that might make that episode worth a watch in hindsight. One scene that's missing in this episode I wish we had was her like, Getting word from Jughead, like, and some joke about, oh, how long have I been out? Did you get the number of that rock? That would have been nice. Yeah. Exactly where in the cover-up she knew what the plan was.
1: I'm trying to think about it, because she said 36 hours.
0: Yeah. It would have to be right around when they planned the um, search party, because he wouldn't want to arrange that with a body that could be further injured. By, you know, being placed on those rocks and everything. It had to be before that.
1: It was. Because the scene we get where she goes and tells FP that Jughead's fine. Is is also the scene where he
0: asks, she asks for the search party, yeah.
1: And it's before she does the rock. I kind of feel like it has to be before they actually get the rock. Mm -hmm. Because she tells Jellybean that Jughead's okay when she gets the blood.
0: That's true. And she wouldn't,
1: like, lie to her.
0: I disagree, though. (laughs) I disagree on that point.
1: but the look on her face in that scene, in this episode, mm-hmm. it didn't look like a, I, I'm going to tell you this type thing. And okay. It looked honest to me that okay. like, no, he's yes. okay.
0: All right. Yeah, I get it. I, I buy that.
1: I feel like it has to be shortly before that, that like not super far before, but like mm-hmm. Jelly Bean says that she, part of the reason why she knew too is that like, she overheard Betty talking to Charles. Yes. So maybe it was that phone call. Um, Was Charles saying, like, Jughead's okay?
0: And he's also, awake? This yeah. is where
1: he's going to be in the bunker or whatever. hmm That fits. That would make sense, then.
0: Wouldn't it have been a nice scene, though?
1: It'd certainly make things easier to know when it happened than trying to <laughs> decipher this for, like, five minutes. Jughead gives DuPont the floor, and he's like, oh, Mr. Jones. A for effort. Is yes. it more entertaining than anything you ever wrote in my class?
0: Yes, th- this is Jughead's greatest piece of fiction. A Hardy, har, fucking har. Uh,
1: so then we find out that Jughead and Betty uh, had also gone to all of the previous ghost writers mm-hmm. and uh, who immediately asked for their lawyers. Upon hearing this story, it's
0: circumstantial, but it sure says something, don't it? And du- don't it, Dupont.
1: Dupont's all like, "Well, I never explicitly directed anyone to do anything."
0: And now we get, and he
1: gets referred to as a serial killer.
0: Yes, yes, I he like. does. And uh, now, now we get the second parallel half of this story. Uh, we we've got the mechanics of the what. And some of the why. Now we get a lot of background. Like, for one, why Jughead's involved in the first place? Moose is supposed to be killed. Why recruit Jughead?
1: Well, don't forget they also mentioned Charles Chickens.
0: Yeah, I'm getting to when okay. we mentioned Charles Chickens. Okay. While these ritual killings, uh, as part of the audition process, have been going on, there are four other people besides DuPont who know what all's going on. The rest of his youth writing club. Mm-hmm. the first. Ah, uh, Theodore Seuss th- Lysel, what whatever they changed the name to. Yeah, Charles W. Chickens. Yeah, and the lady one,
1: <laughs> uh, Jane Jane Alice Brown.
0: And the whole point of recruiting Jughead was to find his grandfather through him. Because DuPont had been crisscrossing the country, killing off the others one by one. Every time he, he had an inkling they, they might uh, want to come clean and, and clear their conscience.
1: Yes. So uh, with that, Betty opens the doors and lets in FP, who's in his serpent gear. Yes. Charles.
0: Who's in, not that.
1: FBI. And... Grandpa.
0: Forsyth Pendleton Jones the I, and now the Charles W. Chickens have come home to roost.
1: <laughs> Forsythe explains that Wiesel...
0: Yes, Theodore Wiesel.
1: Wiesel came to him before he died to warn him that DuPont killed Charles and Jane... And was going to off the two of them, too.
0: So two days later, uh, Forsyth sees in the newspaper that that Weisel, the uh, expert diver, yes. drowned in shallow water.
1: So Forsyth went out and never came back.
0: Yep, that's when he went to the, to the drugstore for a pack of smokes oh. and never, never came home.
1: And he does this look at FP and it's so sad.
0: <laughs> I mean... I got a few points to make in in this big important sequence. One, technically, not a locked room mystery anymore, even by uh, a jughead standards. Yeah.
1: You know, I I want to go back because they were they did a close up of like the key mechanisms, and I was <laughs> curious if it actually locked or if it just turned. And like they're like, because no one tried the door.
0: No one even tried. No. I
1: like to think the door was never actually locked.
0: Oh what? They're gonna leave and let Betty steal their phones and sell them on eBay? <laughs> like they were born yesterday. <laughs> Uh, two, pretty weird for a, a guy who's so paranoid about being murdered to go on a, a snorkeling trip and not check his tank.
1: I didn't say it was from his tank.
0: Before this, when uh, Jughead is laying out his theory and slapping down newspapers, he does mention uh, tampering with, with air tanks and fuselages and oh. cutting brake lines.
1: Well, I mean, he probably tampered with in a way you couldn't tell. I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: I'm just saying, if I'm pretty sure a guy's going to kill me, I'm not taking that family vacation.
1: So what Forsyth did was he spent years collecting evidence to link DuPont to these murders, calling hotels uh, near the accidents, asking Mm -hmm. questions.
0: While living underground so he wouldn't be next on the list. Yes. At least until his long-lost grandson starts sniffing around, and then he has to beat it in the dark of the night uh, for fear that DuPont comes calling. Yes,
1: And also, Charles and FP also went through DuPont's house and found things that linked him to those victims as well, mm-hmm. like little keepsakes and mementos.
0: I really appreciate this scene, though, because you have Forsyth the and all of his descendants, his this son and his two grandsons, except Jellybean. And you know what that is? That's misogyny.
1: He has his fu- future granddaughter-in-law.
0: <laughs> Where's Jellybean in this Jones family reunion? All the genetic Joneses are here. Okay, here's the, all but one. Here's
1: the thing with not having a lot of Jellybean in previous episodes. That girl got older. <laughs> she looks so much older. <laughs> and it's only been like, I don't know, eight months. But she's at like that teen, like preteen, teen age mm-hmm. where you just like grow a lot very fast. Yeah. Like she had a girl. Grow- she's much taller. Her face shape's a little different. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the, the last time she was a uh, uh- recurring character with a plot line was when the gargoyle king was alive so that fits it's been roughly a calendar year yeah in both production and show timeline
1: it's crazy yeah so dupont during all this is is like no i'm a builder i built this school i built the franchise
0: And FP uh, starts moving in to arrest him and read him his rights, which is weird because he's not sheriff anymore.
1: Charles does the Miranda rights. That
0: makes more sense. I should have written that down. Charles is actually employed as a law enforcement official. And that's how it happened.
1: During all of this, DuPont is slowly walking backwards. Mm -hmm. And as he he says, I am a man of honor to the end. And then he fucking jumps out the window.
0: stonewall prep is keeping the stained glass industry afloat ladies and gentlemen
1: yes oh my god the
0: exact same window his, his former mentee also, jumped also and this time we gotta pan down and see his bloody fucking body didn't see that with chipping i
1: thought we did
0: no we did not
1: okay well we totally knew though and this one really does it it's only like Two stories. <laughs> that fra- is like the most dangerous two-story drop.
0: He has fragile old man bones.
1: Are there just like spikes under the grass? Like, <laughs> what the hell?
0: But the, the big thing that he objects to while being uh, arrested, the, the one part that really sets him off is the right to remain silent because he's a writer and he's defined by his words. He, he shall never not have words. Except, you know, When you die, he's he's going to
1: come back as a ghost.
0: Sort of stop talking there.
1: Going to haunt the place. Uh, He's
0: going to be one of those writers that has like eight file cabinets full of posthumous work that his family keeps publishing.
1: Yeah.
0: Because they don't want to have jobs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we uh, go to a police station or whatever. A police station or uh, whatever.
0: I think that's accurate.
1: Uh, Charles is, we go through, like, him, like, interviewing everyone, so we first get him with Joan, and he's all like, Joan, we got these texts, and we, you know, we can see that Donna manipulated you, and, you know, if you come clean, like, we can cut you a break, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, my father is an ambassador, I have diplomatic immunity, fuck all you. Mm-hmm. He's like, but your friends will take the heat. They're not my friends. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bye, bitches. Yeah. Goodbye. Joan is probably in the worst position of, of all of them because it was her hand on the rock. She gets off squeaky clean. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, so then he goes to Donna. Donna just pulls out the fake fucking tears.
0: Again. Which Charles
1: is just like, what the fuck, bitch? <laughs> uh
0: you've seen the tapes
1: and it's all like her lying about everything like DuPont gave me the tie pin and said I had to lie and he told me this and that and I'm just I'm just glad he paid for his crimes Ooh. oh my god
0: yeah yeah
1: so then it's Brett's turn
0: yeah it is motherfucker
1: uh, he's like okay so attempted murder and illegal sex tapes you're gonna go down
0: But he's willing to to offer a plea deal to just drop the sex crimes and only get him on attempted murder.
1: If he gives over the tapes.
0: Right, in exchange for the tapes.
1: And Brett's all like, fuck you, you're not gonna get me on that. My lawyer's gonna negotiate this and I'll get community service. And he's like, let me think that over. And he leaves.
0: And immediately...
1: FP and Jughead in full serpent gear come in.
0: And brass knuckles. Brass
1: fucking knuckles. And they, like, flip the uh, blinds mm-hmm. and beat the shit out of him because when Charles go back goes back in and is like, so have you t- had a chance to think it over, Brett is just bleeding. He's
0: bleeding out of at least four spots on his face alone. Ooh. He's all, everything's swollen shut. It's the end of a Rocky movie.
1: And I kind of love it. I love (laughs) serpents are back, taking crime into their own hands.
0: Yes. Uh, Also payback. (laughs) Rich brat. Non-consensual porn is very bad, unless Kevin does it. Then it's funny. That is the lesson you should learn.
1: Well, he's really bad. (laughs) Alice is is doing a report uh, Mm -hmm. about how the the tapes were found behind a wall at Stonewall and they were destroyed. And we see like a clip of like Jughead tearing them apart and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, she also says that Stonewall remains open, but the quill and skull has been disbanded.
0: How do you know? It's secret. It's supposed to be secret. You don't fucking know that.
1: And then she's like, this is Alice Smith. And it's good to be back, Riverdale.
0: So I guess she got her TV job back.
1: Yes, because I guess Brett went down, so, like, it, I don't know.
0: I'm guessing she sold her, her, uh... Her
1: documentary?
0: Yeah, or, or the footage that comprised it so they could put together an actual news story. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does have a hell of an exclusive story with access to, to insider sources. That's yes. something that Alice could, could, hey, let's make a deal with. Yeah.
1: So then we see that... Uh, she and the family are sitting in the living room watching and they like yeah. cheer at the end and she and FP have a nice smooch because he's
0: her source. They practically got popcorn. They're, they're it's
1: very cute. And Betty's gonna like gonna go leave and she's like, but we're gonna have cake. <laughs> like, don't worry, I'll be back.
0: She's got one more tea to cross.
1: And Donna is going to go pack up her room at Stonewall and as she goes in, Betty flips the light.
0: Yes. Cause Donna is transferring to another school entirely. But she's got uh she's got some news besides that.
1: Yeah, so she's taking over the Baxter Brothers uh contract and it is being rebranded as Tracy True.
0: Not a rebrand. Or at no. least uh saying it is is a, a retcon because Tracy True was when the, the character was first introduced in this season mm-hmm. was as a solo heroine. Yep. Not as a, a side character from the Baxter Brothers series.
1: So they're, like, rebooting Tracy True and Nixon, the Baxter brothers. Yeah. So there there's a nice exchange between them where it's like, you got everyone else to do your dirty work and you're getting off free. And all like, well, you're delusional about everything,
0: Betty. <laughs> uh-huh. You gotta stick with the lie.
1: Betty uh, calls her out with the fact that, you know, this wasn't about getting a book contract. It's about revenge. For the murder of your grandmother, uh, Jane Alice Brown. Oh, my God. We were both so close.
0: Because for a while you were saying, I don't think it ever made it on uh, I, recording. I was saying
1: but uh, DuPont's granddaughter.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you were saying "Forsythe's other granddaughter. Yes. We knew it was a granddaughter. <laughs>
0: a granddaughter of someone from that writing club from of yesteryear. Yes. Yeah.
1: Donna has dedicated her life to this revenge and, you know, to win no matter how many people died.
0: Right. And so Donna is happy to just, like, you know, accept her, her winnings uh, and, and live with her life. But Betty can't let her do that.
1: We, what we find out, though, is that DuPont didn't just kill her grandmother. He also stole Tracy True yes. from her. Tracy True was her grandmother's creation.
0: And turned this independent solo character into a supporting character. Yes. Just a side, ex, a bonus detective girlfriend in his already stolen uh, Detective Boys story. Yeah. She's always mentioned as the Baxter Brothers girlfriend, yes? Is she dating both of them? Maybe. Concurrently or consecutively?
1: Maybe she's like the Archie. Yeah. Of the story. Oh, okay. goes back and forth like back a Betty on. and Veronica thing.
0: Just like... Spin a wheel and whichever one it lands on, that's who she's dating tonight. They're
1: identical twins. It's re- She doesn't know she that she's dating two. She's,
0: she's not a very good detective. She
1: doesn't know. She thinks it's just one.
0: Even the lady from uh, The Prestige figured it out and she wasn't a detective. She's just a normal lady. She's
1: not very good. <laughs> so yeah, Betty uh, isn't going to let her walk away with all this. Mm-hmm. They found this out through Hermosa's investigation.
0: Did you know she's a private investigator?
1: licensed private investigator. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it was was medical files that stated Mm -hmm. this. Because I guess you state your grandmother's name.
0: Yeah, you know how medical files always include mitochondrial DNA?
1: Yeah, I don't know about that, but that's what it was. (laughs) And so Betty's all like, okay, here's the deal. You're going to behave or I'm going to, like, blast us everywhere and everyone will know everything and you will lose your contract, so... Do good.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think about this decision?
1: Blast that shit everywhere, Betty, right now.
0: I, I understand that Donna needs to be punished, that, that you want to have that uh, uh, catharsis because Donna was the, this mastermind villain for three or four episodes, but I think it would be more interesting. I think it would be more fun to watch if when it all is said and done, when Betty sees her her motives, she instead sympathizes and is like, Look, I win because I figured it out, but game-recognized game, recognized game you, you take this character and you better do right by it because she means a lot to me. I believe in you, but I'm watching you. And just let her go free. With the knowledge that the hammer could come down at any time.
1: hmm I mean, Betty does say, I will watch you.
0: Yeah, but I think... Th- it's, it's more vengeful, but per- perhaps less interesting to be like, I'm watching you so you don't write these books. Rather than, I'm watching you so you better do a great job with this opportunity I'm allowing you to keep. Mm-hmm. That's how I would have done it. I don't know.
1: Take that bitch down! <laughs> and then somehow figure out how to get the diplomat's daughter.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. no one should have immunity to anything.
0: A plane is going to mysteriously crash over the Atlantic she studied dupont's sabotage very very carefully.
1: Uh so over at the sex hole, mm-hmm. uh Jughead and Betty are kind of like packing up the crime board.
0: Mhm. And all, all his survival staples. <laughs>
1: uh Jughead has a bit of a moment where he you know feels like he wasted his time mm-hmm. at Stonewall away from his friends, away from everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. Someone other than Cheryl could have been talking to Tony all these months. Yeah. But Betty insists that it wasn't all a waste. She, she just lists all of the... Uh, uh, the
1: things. All the
0: things they, they accomplished, all the justice they brought to the world. And I have to say, there's an opening for Sheriff. I think Betty should apply. She just closed eight murders. <laughs> <laughs> eight murders, one attempted, busted up a revenge porn ring. Like, come on. Come on. And most of those were cold cases.
1: So over uh, at Riverdale High, uh, Betty is sitting outside the principal's office with Cheryl, and Cheryl is all, "So now that Jughead's back, what about you and Archie? Like that was hot and heavy.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> That's Be- a
1: thing."
0: And Betty continues to insist it was just part part of the plan. It was all a ruse, just for the benefit of her one true love.
1: She's like, I'll keep your secret, cuz, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, stop making Barchi happen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ship that.
0: Oh. And and Cheryl also uh, insists that she also knew that Jughead didn't die. Oh yeah, because quote nobody ever really dies in Riverdale. Yeah, girl, your twin had three funerals. Yeah. The only reason people don't die is because you don't let them die. You watched his snuff film.
1: You don't let people stay buried. (laughs) Uh, So Jughead comes out of Mr. Honey's office.
0: Just because your dad got replaced by his identical twin doesn't mean it (laughs) happens to everyone. Just some people. (laughs)
1: Cheryl has really bad luck. So Jughead comes out of Mr. Honey's office and he's like, well, you know, I'm back in. Because I think he legally has to allow me to. Uh, It's true. And on the bright side, no one's going to kill me here. Yay! Don't jinx yourself. (laughs) Don't talk too soon.
0: Let's see. Uh, The Black Hood has been in Riverdale High. The Gargoyle King's been in Riverdale High. A riot came to Riverdale High.
1: (laughs) Reggie goes there. He, like, half the time wants to kill you.
0: He super does now because of the best prank prank ever.
1: Reggie's going to be so pissed when he finds out he was right. (laughs) Like, uh, so they go home and uh, Grandpa is chatting with FP. They're having a little talk. You know, they're like, oh, you know, dinner's almost ready. But Jughead and Betty are going to meet Archie and Veronica at Pops. And he's all like, you know, Grandpa, should I say... Goodbye? No, we'll still be here talking when you get back.
0: They got a lot to go over. It it looks like they're going to try to work on their relationship now that there is a very good reason for him to suddenly abandon the family Mm -hmm. to protect his own life and perhaps even theirs. This doesn't excuse the years of drunken beatings. No. There's no there's no good reason for that and there never could be. So it's weird that they're the the FP looks like he's so invested in giving this the old college try.
1: I appreciate the jughead starts to go and FP gets up and he's like I I appreciate the line they give him though of like I don't know what's going to happen. Mhm. But we're talking. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a don't put too much hope on this. Don't know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. One step at a time. Okay. I felt like that was a moment of like, don't get your hopes up. I don't know what I can take from this. Mm-hmm. And but it makes sense that like, they would want to have a little chat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you can see they might be trying to draw a parallel between Chipping's life and personal life being destroyed by guilt and, and Forsyth the First, but... Forsythe never killed anybody to get that character. He came up with them. So that doesn't work if that's what they're going for.
1: So over at Pops, Archie's like, let's make a vow. As he holds up his milkshake.
0: And everybody's like, oh, Oh the last
1: time we did this was awful.
0: Because that was the season three finale. The vow gets interrupted by the first flash forward. Yes. And then then it cuts back to them finishing their vow to a...
1: We're going to have the best senior year. The
0: best, least murderous senior year, as as they clink.
1: But Archie's like, no, like, let's end it on a high note. We can do this. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. And Jughead's like, I mean... It's going to be what it is. We'll probably not graduating with you guys. And they're...
0: Veronica will not allow this. No. no. She's like,
1: no, you're going to study. You're going to make it your life. You're going to spend every night with your books. And you're going to do it. And you're going to graduate.
0: Yeah, she is... And he's
1: like, that sounds like a threat. And she's like, it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you. Veronica will drag these two boys uh, to get their diploma.
1: She heard about th- what he said to Betty about no one's going to kill me here. And she's like, oh, no. just wait.
0: Boy, you thought. Boy, you thought.
1: I'm next. I've been on the waiting list.
0: <laughs> I'm the black cape.
1: They they cheers with their milkshakes. And then Kevin comes in and he's like, hey, I got the sign up sheet for the variety show and you're all performing. Even you, Jughead.
0: It, why is it? Why is it that the annual musical episode is the only one with explicit multi-episode foreshadowing <laughs> every year? Why is that?
1: Well, you know what I appreciate with this little little moment, though? In all the other ones, I feel like Kevin pops in and pops out. This time they at least pull him
0: into the booth. Yeah, he does take a seat. He it- gets,
1: like, yanked in by Jughead and they kind of, like, group hug. hmm <laughs>
0: Now, if they wanted to, to keep tradition strictly, Cheryl should have kicked in the door and declared forcefully exactly what her talent is. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of the episode, dear?
1: For being so much information, I knew.
0: <laughs> right, right?
1: It was really fun. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff going on, and it was fun to see something that we've been building up to for so long finally just come to be.
0: Mm-hmm as a mystery it's a little cheap in that the the clinching facts are ones we didn't have right like the the contract rolling over in the exact same times as the uh uh stonewall four each went missing one by one that is vitally important information that makes it all clear we didn't learn that until now.
1: That would have been too fucking obvious, though. Right, though I bet right. if we would have looked closer at certain things and, like, zoomed in on dates, we could have put that together.
0: But I'm saying that this, that this story is one of teenage angst and uh, just surprising twists. It is not a, a, strictly speaking, a detective story. As much as they throw the word detective around. Well, you know. So I'm 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 not going to grade it on that scale. Just wanted to point that out, regardless.
1: They are amateur detectives. Please remember that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm just really happy that we got such a satisfying uh, a season finale with so much closure.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm upset about I I would have preferred Donna to like go down. Even harder. Even harder. I don't like that Joan did it. I don't like that no one cares that Jonathan is dead.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But I'm really glad that Brett got his face smashed in and he's getting charged with attempted murder. Mhm. At least that happened.
0: And all the sex crimes. Wait, no. He he gave up the tapes, so he's not well, getting charged with the sex crimes.
1: I bet he still is. He might still be charged with the sex face crimes. Got hit. Yeah. A lot.
0: Seriously though, this episode, though there are 6 to come left this year, has the most closure since the first episode. Since the first season finale. Yeah. Since Betty declared Archie uh, and Jughead and everyone the beating heart of Riverdale.
1: We didn't set up anything other <laughs> than
0: Jonathan's still out there and there's a variety show. Yeah, that's it. Those that's are the it. dangling threads. That's
1: all we got.
0: Videotape, man.
1: That means shit is going to happen on that musical episode. Right?
0: It tends to. It tends Fucking Midge. Bring back Midge. No one really dies in Riverdale. Give me Midge.
1: Joaquin! (laughs) Joaquin!
0: Someone explain to Midge what bi guys are and that she was dating one.
1: Joaquin. No one needs Midge. We need Joaquin.
0: (laughs) Uh, All the drug dealers of Riverdale need Midge. They are going bankrupt.
1: What if they start making a maple drug?
0: Does alcohol count? (gasps) Well, that that's enough talk about this bottle episode. Uh, you know, just a, a nice, neat little story to to fit between the covers, all closed up. Speaking of covers, you know what else has them? Beds. Comic books. That's right. Oh. It is time to check your sources.
1: <laughs> you married me. You like me sometimes. <laughs>
0: Today we're going to talk about Jughead's Time Police, the, the 2019 uh, miniseries by that name. K By writer S- uh, Sina, or Sina, Grace, S-I-N-A, and artist Derek Charm.
1: Charm? Is he charming?
0: His art sure is. Uh, Derek Charm was my favorite artist on the Jughead uh, uh, solo book, uh, and so I was really, really glad to see him get brought back for this. Yeah. Uh, Much in the same way I was really happy to see Veronica Fish come back to do the Sabrina miniseries that we talked about weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. So Jughead's Time Police takes its uh, inspiration from those late uh, 80s, early 90s strips of the same name, where Jughead gets a a beanie that grants him the powers of time travel uh, and gets in scrapes protecting the timeline with... The friendship and and support and perhaps romantic interest—that's yeah. a—that's a big thing in the original run, much less so in this one. Of January McAndrews, Archie's descendant from the twenty fourth century. Yeah, uh, I love this book. Uh, it's so good to have an Archie book with you know jokes in it. <laughs> And, like, really good ones, some of which include uh, Hot Dog having thought bubbles. I
1: love Hot Dog. Yeah. Where's Hot Dog?
0: Where is Hot Dog?
1: Where's Hot Dog?
0: They buried Hot Dog where's, with Jughead just where, to make it look really realistic.
1: Where's Vegas? I know where Carmel is. But I- <laughs> <laughs> Betty has a thing about rocks and heads. <laughs>
0: I did say I wanted her fake rock to be the caramel rock.
1: I remember things. <laughs> just not the things you think I should.
0: But back to Jughead's <laughs> Time Police. I really enjoyed this book. I would recommend it just about as much as the the uh, current Sabrina miniseries. It's It's just good. Really funny. A lot of fun. And the reason I'm talking about it now in this miniseries is, yes, it goes hard in the idea of an Archie multiverse. Hey. There are many, many Jugheads that cross paths. In the original Jugheads Time Police, that, that happens in the final story, but it's... You know, the Jughead of now, meeting the Jughead of a week ago, and the Jughead of two months from now, and the Jughead of ten years ago, all teaming up. Whereas this, it's multiple timelines leading to parallel world shenanigans. There's post-apocalyptic, big muscle Jughead that looks like Cable from Marvel Comics. (laughs) There is the, uh, uh... Werewolf Jughead that we talked about uh, in two recent episodes. There's Gender Swap Jughead from that early 2000s story. There's uh, uh, several different versions of classic Jughead, 90s Jughead, uh, different artists on the Jughead solo title from a few years ago, their versions. Yeah. And an absolute perfect uh, Cole Sprouse Riverdale Jughead that has monologues that are just mwah. (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, that, that is a great running bit, but in the end, the, the reason that all of these exist and the main thrust is very, very much what I was talking about last week. What is real Riverdale? What is the point of these characters in, in their in their infinite kaleidoscope of, of reinventions and reimaginings and crossovers and uh, uh, horror mashups?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it it comes down to I, I'd say a, a conclusion that is certainly worth considering. Uh, so I, I won't spoil it. But no, I I like this book on its art, its writing, its plot, and its its general cohesive theme. Go check out Jughead's Time Police.
1: Do, do it. Do it. Do it.
0: Anyhow, now that I've told the people at home what to do, darling, I gotta tell you what to do because I'm a man. What? Give me your predictions.
1: Ask nicely. Okay.
0: So you predict I'm gonna ask nicely?
1: <laughs> if no. I know
0: if I know it's good for me?
1: Yes, actually yes. I'll pull out my own brass knuckles.
0: <laughs> Dearest, mm-hmm. might you grace us with a prediction or two?
1: Yeah, no, that's not working for me either. But <laughs> anyways. Uh, so yes. Um We need to remember that Charles and Chick are still a thing and still evil. Yes. So I predict...
0: Because they sure aren't interested in reminding us too often, actually.
1: So I predict the... How many episodes we got left this season? Six. Six after including the musical episode. Yeah,
0: I mean, that one's going to be pretty plotless outside the last five minutes if tradition holds true.
1: I predict the end of the season all has to do with them.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: I predict... I don't know what I predict. It's just going to all be about that. I don't even know. I have no idea.
0: One, Charles is putting everything that's happening in his big old blackmail folder. He knows where all the bodies are buried, you know, metaphorically because no one actually died this time.
1: What if Charles no longer works for the FBI? (laughs)
0: Ah, that would be good. That would be fun. I mean, every time we've met an FBI agent before, they've been fake.
1: Like, he did for mm. a while. Mm-hmm. He got, like, suspended because he was a creeper.
0: Uh, my, my or they s-
1: found out because he was dating an awful person.
0: Yeah, you can get fired for dating a man, right? That's legal? That's okay?
1: No, not that. Like, the chick going people, gonna, right? That's
0: what he's going to say to his lawyer. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah.
1: Okay. I did see a thing, since we're talking about them, on... Instagram. Mm -hmm. Someone was theorizing that Chick is Penny's family.
0: I think I've seen that going around before that that Chick is Penny's family. Idea. Penny Peabody has not been seen in a while. I wonder what part she's missing now.
1: Didn't she, like, get killed?
0: Nobody really dies in Riverdale.
1: (laughs) So Edgar's alive.
0: We know Edgar's alive. We've known Edgar's alive. (laughs) The only person I'm sure is dead is DuPont, because he has brittle little bird bones. There's
1: hope for Joaquin!
0: But what I've been trying to say okay. is that uh, Jonathan's body will be found as part of Charles's plan.
1: Oh, and then he'll blame it on
0: Perhaps, that. yeah, covered in evidence that points straight to one Elizabeth Cooper. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I think I predicted this before, so it's not really a prediction, but I'm going to say it.
0: More of a reminder.
1: Yes, that the serpents are back and they are taking law into their own hands and they will continue to do so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's not my prediction for this one. My prediction, though, is that Gladys is going to come back because she saw the obituaries,
0: uh-huh. but
1: never got told that Jughead's alive, uh-huh. nor did she see, like, Alice's news story. Yeah. And so she's going to rush back in, like, where's my baby boy? Huh. All need to, like, find Jughead, like, eating some cereal. <laughs> right,
0: I think Veronica and Hermosa are going to have, like, a girls' night. They're they're going to hang out for a day and become friends. I think this collaboration has put them on the path to becoming, to some degree, sisterly.
1: Here's what I would like. I would like that to happen, mm-hmm. and then I would like them to both turn on Hiram yes, together. Yes, yes. Take him down.
0: They they, they do the, the predator goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus handshake. Yeah. And then they bring down Hiram together. Yeah.
1: Um. I predict we have to deal with the fallout of Jughead now being alive. Uh-huh. And Betty having gotten his spot at college.
0: Yeah. And what does that
1: mean for both of them? Hmm. Do they be like, "Oh, sorry, we actually can't give it to you because the kid that was dead is actually alive"? Is this, or is it, "No, your shit out of luck because we already gave it to her"?
0: Is this the huge fight that throws her actually into the arms of Archie?
1: Mm. Oh. And throws because like Jughead turns into the Hulk. Sure. And like she ends up going through like the window into Archie's room, and he catches her.
0: That's my secret, Monroe. I'm always angsty. Yeah. Uh, I predict that in the next episode, the Hedwig episode, Mr. Honey will end wearing drag.
1: Oh, he'll like end up in drag.
0: Yes. By okay. the At the end of the episode, Mr. Honey will be in drag.
1: Okay. I got I thought you were saying like he's going to end drag.
0: Well, that can't happen canonically because otherwise Jorge wouldn't have a job in the year 2025.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a hint of our previously recorded uh uh Katie Keen yeah, bonus episode. If you
1: got run to watching that, you'll that, get that. That's
0: gonna come out uh, in the future during the upcoming hiatus. Yeah.
1: Well, we're gonna do a special musical episode lead up, so I don't really yes. wanna do predictions for that.
0: Okay. Because this episode had so much closure.
1: Yeah. You, you I was, was okay. I was left
0: scrambling. I just wanted a third one. I was reaching anywhere I could. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's the end of that, then. Yeah. So let's talk about what we do know about our next episode, Chapter 74, Wicked Little Town, Yee! which is not a film title yet again.
1: No, nope, but it's the name of a song.
0: It is the name of a song. It is technically the name of two songs. Yes. Uh, it, it has a reprise in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, it is the song Hedwig wrote about her time in Junction City, uh, and it attracted the boy who would become Tommy Gnosis to her. And the, the reprise is Tommy's version. It is his apology to her and explaining the, the lessons he's learned that hopefully Hedwig can take to heart so she becomes a better person.
1: I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited to do our, our special like lead-up yeah. That you wanted to do.
0: Do you want to do that on your birthday? Because it's a special treat. <laughs> so let's talk about the trailer, though.
1: The trailer.
0: The The trailer pretty much exactly lays out the, the plot that we were given yes. in, in the episode announcement. And that we talked about on this show a few weeks yes. ago. Kevin wants to do a Hedwig number. Principal Honey puts his foot down because it's... Inappropriate for a a, a public high school. And Kevin leads a massive protest movement. Yes. uh, That includes this incredible shot of every single student of Riverdale High in a Hedvig costume.
1: They are keeping a costume department going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Their Uh, wig budget
1: (laughs) alone.
0: They didn't do the foam wigs from, like, the movie scene. No, no, no. Full-ass wigs.
1: Uh... Kevin looks great.
0: Kevin is nailing it.
1: Kevin. Okay. Casey Cott. Someone give him that Broadway part.
0: Right? Come on. There's got to be a tour. Looks lovely. Or like a regional Hedwig somewhere. Come on. Put him in regional Hedwig. Um,
1: Uh, I I do love. So we, we get Kevin like pleading to Mr. Honey in there that like Hedwig speaks to his entire generation. Yes. And uh, it's just <laughs> which a- is, I don't think, true. No, it speaks to like, like
0: well, well, I keep it speaks think- to
1: our generation.
0: I keep thinking of points that I want to make, but I'm torn about saving them for later. I will say the Hedwig is very, very tied to a specific historical moment. Yes, that while uh, there are historical echoes, because peoples is peoples always. It is absolutely ingrained in the Cold War in a way that people born in 2001, like these characters are meant to be, mm. cannot fully appreciate. And and neither can I, born in 1988. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But but that's we'll expand more on that later. Yeah. I will, at least.
1: But it looks great. But there's looks lots great. of costumes. There's <laughs> lots of little scenes. That's really about all we get from that trailer. I'm just excited.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Hey, the Archies are united and playing together. I don't think the Archies have ever played together. He's been with different Pussycat lineups. We've had the actors as the Fredheads, but I don't think we've ever had the Archies.
1: Oh, does he start his band? Is this like the start?
0: This could be the start of the band. Is the start of
1: like turning things around and having a good senior year? Yes,
0: yes. But you know something's gonna hit the fan in the last five minutes. Of course, of course. A cat. Yeah. And then next year they do cats. Yeah. Who's rumble teaser?
1: Oh my god! Please do cats. <laughs> I want them to try to do cats the movie, mm-hmm. the musical. I want to see them try to reinterpret that into costuming.
0: You are the jellical choice. The fucking what now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. mr honey lets Mm -hmm. them do this and he's like but next year i get cats
0: (laughs) (laughs) and kevin's like i don't give a fuck i'm graduating
1: (laughs) whatever you want dude
0: whatever you say
1: (laughs) i'm out and archie and jughead are just like oh fuck no we might be here
0: i love how like stealthily and completely they've forgotten that the central cast were sophomores, but Reggie and Cheryl and a few others, the story only makes sense if they were at least one year older.
1: I'm going to go with they all got held back for different reasons. (laughs) Reggie because he beats people up and he got too much detention. Mm -hmm. Cheryl because her entire family died.
0: Yeah, she missed a month of school for everyone that died. And it adds up.
1: Well, she did miss, like, what, two months beca- going- because of <laughs> mm-hmm. Jason's corpse? Yes. They got held back. Yeah, We're going to okay. go with that.
0: That's all we have to, to say about the episode that was and all related segments. But uh, li- like we, we sort of implied, there is a bit of a break coming up. Wicked Little Town does not air until April 8th. So that gives us some time to fill, and uh, we've... Recorded one bonus episode. So
1: we're actually doing it. So
0: we're actually we're doing actually it this time. We're actually doing
1: at least one thing. We're going
0: to put out more bonus episodes in this one month break than the whole summer break. <laughs> and, oh. and our winter slash holiday break combined.
1: We're going to do it more now than we did any extras this past year.
0: Yeah. All of 2019. <laughs>
1: We don't get paid to do this. <laughs>
0: so the next episode you're going to see in this feed is us talking about the Katie Keene pilot, uh, uh, the Katie, yep. the first episode of the Katie Keene spinoff. So look forward to us reuniting with, with Josie McCoy and meeting a, a whole new cast and, and a whole new uh, setting and, and a whole new vibe. It's definitely got a different vibe.
1: Very different vibe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you can also keep in touch with us while you're not hearing new Riverdale-based episodes by following us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie.
1: You can also leave us a rating and review. Uh,
0: leave those on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you find us. They, they really do go a long way to uh, helping me feel better about myself in these dark, dark days.
1: You can also tell a friend.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know,
1: I was going to say, there's a lot of people who are like, You know, can't go into work right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're
1: a little bored. Uh huh. We can be their entertainment.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what was this? We've got over 80 episodes by now. Hey. (laughs) That's not nothing. Is your friend worried about their dog's separation anxiety and thinks that some friendly human voices would help them get through the day?
1: We'll keep dogs company.
0: Our download numbers don't know it's dog ears.
1: (laughs) So with that, I'm Elena.
0: I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie.
1: Where is Jonathan? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl.
0: And you got me rocking you. Break it down, hold it. Sugar. Ah,
1: oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl.
0: And you got me rocking you.
1: Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me.